Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. I am your host and executive producer, Kiva Lernice Murdoch, and we are super excited about our show tonight. Not only do we have three amazing guests and the epitome of what survivors look like, we're going to uh, talk about epilepsy, signs and symptoms of epilepsies, triggers, and they're going to give you their perspective of living with epilepsy. So we have an amazing show. It's going to be resourceful, insightful, and I pray informative. So you know what we do every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink. Get yourself comfortable and enjoy the ride because you're finally at home at Keeper's Place. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. Welcome to Keeper's Place, the Keeper Murdoch Show and Podcast. We hope that by the end of our show, you left feeling empowered, motivated, and connected. So come on in the room, grab your favorite drink, sit back, and enjoy the ride. Because you're finally at home at Keeper's Place. Now give it up for our host and producer, Coach Kiever Lernice Murdoch. So welcome back, family, to Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. So our first guest tonight is Ms. Kimberly Hardy. She is the founder of Hardy Hands Foundation. She has lived with epilepsy for several years, and we are super excited to have her in our studio tonight. So welcome to Kiva's Place, Ms. Hardy. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to have you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I can't wait. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So our next guest that I want to introduce to our viewers tonight is Miss Javon Cherry. She is also a survivor of epilepsy and she has epilepsy from childhood. So we're going to bring her into our virtual studio and she has a foundation called the Epitome of Epilepsy. So welcome Miss Javon Cherry to Kiva's Place. How are you? Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to have you as well. So thank you for joining us. So let's dive right into it, ladies. Miss Kimberly, starting with you, tell my viewers a little bit more about you. Well, I am the founder and co-founder and CEO of Hardy Hands Foundation. Um, We're a 501c3 epilepsy advocacy um, foundation that is focused on bringing aware, bringing awareness and education to those that may not know much about epilepsy or or those that are living with epilepsy or caring for someone. I am also the author of The Adventures of Wally and Kimmy, Kimmy to the Rescue, which is a children's book based on, loosely based on my story. I just made Kimmy a little kid and Wally a little puppy. So, yeah. <laughs> Love it. I love it. Miss Javon, tell my audience a little bit more about you, please. My name is Javon Cherry, and I'm the co-founder of Epitome of Epilepsy. We are based out of Charleston, South Carolina. I am, I was told tonight that I am an authorist. My story has been published in Georgia State's magazine and their paper, The Signal. I've had epilepsy since I was six years old. So right now I'm just all about spreading epilepsy awareness and making sure I do my part for people who are voiceless. 
I love it. And what excites me about the pair of you is that we're actually in the state of South Carolina. And I think I may have shared this with you um, before, Kimberly, that I had no idea that we had local foundations within the state of South Carolina. Because when my husband was uh, right in the in the midst of going through his epilepsy, like knowing we had like local foundations and maybe it wasn't established at the time, but I'm so excited to know that the, the both of you um, are co-founders of foundation that's right here within the state of South Carolina. So why was having local foundation like that so important to you both? You want to go, Kimberly? I could go or you could go. It doesn't matter. We do this all the time. I think for both of us, it was important because being um, Black, you may not see a lot of um, nonprofit organizations with uh, African-Americans. And for Kimberly and I, we both wanted to make sure that we spread our awareness to our community, but we also wanted to make sure that our community knew about epilepsy. I think for Kimberly too, she's um, really into making sure that kids are epilepsy uh, educated. She wants to make sure that they have epilepsy in the classroom as far as if a kid were to have a seizure. So I think even though we're coming together, it was very nice because I, with Kimberly and I, we just kind of bounce off of each other. So it was just important for us to put both of our stories out there and make sure that other people know about epilepsy. And it's a lot of people that have epilepsy, but just don't say anything about it. Yes. Yeah. And that is so true. I didn't for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. That is so true. That is very true. And to be quite honest, at the time, it kind of felt like when we were right in the midst of it, like we were the only ones because like you were just saying, Javon, that is something that people just don't share. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that is, but they don't share it. Why didn't you want to share it? Can't be. <laughs> <laughs> I will put you on the spot. <laughs> well, because it's such a stereotype behind it. Is a is a um African American community. Well, I would say a Southern um thing that we don't talk about our stuff. It's just private. It's whatever you're going through, whether it's mental illness, epilepsy, whatever. You just don't share that stuff. You deal with it alone and everything. But with epilepsy going back to the early like 1800s earlier than that it people would get put in uh insane asylums because they they were either demon they would say they were demon possessed or they they um they were just crazy or something like that and they would have all kinds of stuff done to them so you know you just kept stuff like that just to yourself just like okay look back at harriet tubman she um she had to keep that to herself too. People knew she had something going on. They didn't have a name for it though. She had so. epilepsy. Yes. Girl, you just educated me. <laughs> I had no idea. I had did, no idea. Did, her movie. Did, did you see the movie Harriet? Tup the Harriet? Tup Harriet? I think I may have, but I must must have missed that, or. Well, it again you you'll see you'll understand 
what when she would lose time that's what it was you are so right yep mm -hmm. yep you you are so right that is so true and and that's why i appreciate your perspective because the both of you had epilepsy diagnosed as a child correct yes, yes. so for our audience who don't know exactly what epilepsy is, Javon, if you had to give a definition of epilepsy, how would you describe it? So I describe my seizures as, be quiet, Kimberly. <laughs> I see your face. I describe my seizures for me as bossy. Other people have um, seizures 20, 30, 50 at a time, but my seizures come in clusters. I could be doing well for months. And then when they do come, Miss Bossy comes around and I have like three or four or five in a day. So for me, they are bossy. They mess up your brain and you have all these emotions going on. So my description of my epilepsy is they're bossy and she gets on my nerves a lot. <laughs> What about you, you Kimberly? Um, well, being hanging with Javon, kind of learned to agree. I had um, I had a three-year streak going up until about two or three weeks ago, and I felt the same way. I was like, "See, they being bossy to me now." <laughs> but I would, <laughs> I would just describe them like a volcano. They like dormant for me. They like dormant for a while, and then when they it goes boom. It could be either small or it could be a fluster of large lava all over the place. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I would just describe mine as a volcano because I've yeah. been eight years without a seizure before. And for those who don't know exactly what epilepsy is, is basically a neurological disorder that occurs in in your brain. And some people, like for my husband, and he will be on a little bit later on in the program. For many years, they had no idea like why he was ex experiencing those firing. They describe the episodes as a firing episode. Um, it's like your neurons are just firing really, really, really fast. Um, and it, it really brings on seizures. And for some seizures could be, you know, grand, grand mal seizures. Um, where you are actually see the patient or the victim like shaking or whatever. And this some as, as described as petite um, seizures, which is like my husband's case. And it just looks as if he's staring off into space or, you know, skipping time. Um, yeah. So Kimberly, I want to ask you, when you first started having seizures, um, what was your experience like? Because I really want parents of children that are experiencing epilepsy to number one, gain some insights from you ladies' ex experiences and also hopefully learn something. Because my husband's experience is something completely different, which we will talk about later on. So I want to get your perspective as a child, and then I want to hear from you, Javon. Okay, so I can't tell you when mine first started. I know 
what triggered the the grandma seizures was I was in a car accident and um I had a concussion. And it seems to be a pattern in my family that I've started to see that if we get we it's in our is in our gene pool somewhere and that if we get a concussion on my mother's side and if we get concussions then that triggers the grandma seizures. But I always I was having always having problems in school. I would drift off, I would stare off and stuff like that. And I'm starting to think that that was really the um, staring seizures that I was having. Um, I was actually diagnosed with ADD and I was on the meds and everything, but yet no real improvements were going on. So once the seizure started later in life, we realized, well, this is what my issues were um, as a child is that I was really always having them. They just weren't your traditional seizures that most people, if you know anything about seizures, know about. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it, mine, mine look different, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really have, I always had mine at home. So nobody outside of my mom and my grandmother and my sister saw it. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Javon? Um, so from giving parents some type of advice as a child, then having epilepsy, I think my mom, this was in the eighties. She tries to do the best she could. She did the best that she could, honestly. For my mother, she did a lot of research. Doctors then didn't tell her a lot. Um, my incident was I was stabbed in the eye by a classmate in the classroom. And that has caused me to have epilepsy. Back then, my mom had to ask a lot of questions because it was almost like they were just pushing medication on me at the time. Even going to school, I think as a parent who has a child that has any type of disability, you have to ask questions. You have to make sure that your children will be around either a teacher, nurse, or whomever that will, I won't say a caregiver, because anytime I got sick, I was thankful enough to be around either friends or family, but I've definitely gotten sick, basketball games in the house. But I think parents need to be informative, taking their children to school. And I also know someone that has not told their child yet that they have seizures. And I feel like at a young age, it's something that you have to voice, no matter how old she is. Sometimes as a child, you do know when you're about to have a seizure. So you can vocalize that to the teacher and make sure that parents tell the teachers, you know, if they are looking out of space, it may not be that they're not paying attention. It just may be that they're having an absent seizure. So I just feel like conversations need to be had with the teacher, principal, whomever, just to make sure that the child, teenager, and whoever is safe at all times. I love that. And that's so important. And also it in a way gives you some type of power mm -hmm. knowing exactly what what you're going through so you know even though it's the parents decision whether they choose to tell their child or 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 don't tell them but i really kind of feel like they're kind of doing them a little bit of a disservice by not telling them as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. so let's talk about 
auras because I know having seizures, there are different types of auras and I want to kind of pop this up on the screen. And then if you, you want to add any type of insight about that before our break, then that'd be great too. So we understand that some people have auras, signs and symptoms of an oncoming seizure. Some, some signs and symptoms may be um, confusion, what some people describe as an aura, like a feeling. Um, you may feel as if you're suddenly falling. You may have jerking moments with the grand mal seizures, um, a loss of consciousness, and array of uh, different emotions. So when you are talking about an, an aura or any types of signs and symptoms that you have recognized when you are going through a seizure, what have you um, considered to be like a sign and symptoms that you may be about to get sick? Um, so I feel like for me in my younger years, I didn't pay attention. I was maybe too young to pay, be aware of what was going on. The older I got, I started to realize if my head was hurting for longer than it was supposed to, I get really hot, um, my hands get clammy, my legs start shaking, my hands tremor really bad. That means something is coming. I jerk anyway, like in my sleep, but if it's too much, I'll just pay attention. I may go stay the night with my mom, just in case so I'm not in the house by myself. Um, but I think you just have to pay attention to your auras. But some people honestly do not know when they're about to have a seizure. I've been there. I've definitely woken up on the floor in Walmart. So, I mean, some people honestly just don't know. Yeah, that is so true. Um, we had an incident in the car and I can recall because my husband was driving at the time and I had just had our son. So I was sitting in the back seat with him, mm -hmm. with, with our baby. And literally he just, we were talking and then he just stopped talking. And it took me a second because at the time, like we were just newly married. I was 21. And um, so we were just learning about the seizures together because at the time he was newly diagnosed. So we were kind of learning about it together. And I literally had to climb out the back seat to stop Ooh. the car because like, and yeah, <laughs> so I can literally attest to, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. the way, just looking at it from the caregiver's perspective, you can kind of kind of tell when he's about to have a seizure. And then there are other times where it just like, is out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I think My mom is really good at that. She, if I don't feel good, she can notice it before I, I do. Like you are about to have an episode because she can mm -hmm. see it. Mm -hmm. I'm Sometimes I'm not even, I'm a bit oblivious to it, but she's just like, mm, something's not right about you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. My mom's kind of started paying more attention and started to see certain things, but I just pay attention to my dog Wally. He starts following me around. And yeah, I think he knows before both of us. So if I'm if I'm walking and he's hitting the back of my calf, I know I need to get somewhere and sit down. So, That's interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Dogs um, are really good with knowing when something like that is about to happen. They have seizure dogs. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Dogs are they? It's I don't know if they sense it, but I've definitely been in the presence of a few dogs, and they knew before I knew that I was about to have an episode. But having a dog around is safe, yeah. especially if you go by yourself. We have a boxer, and it's so interesting you said that because there are moments where he's like literally, like almost in our laps, like he's just <laughs> very, very close to him, on his heels and everything. So that wow. Wow. He'll sit there. If you notice, he may sit there and just stare at him. Mm -hmm. just at him randomly, just look at him. So I started talking a while. He's like, "What? I'm about to get sick. Is that what you're telling me?" <laughs> wow. Interesting. I'm gonna start paying. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even wow. If you're not feeling good. Then he'll notice. You mm -hmm. watch how different he acts. He may because be I'd be like. Like what? Like like literally, just on our heels. We can't go anywhere because he'll be right there. Right. Wow. Interesting. This has been. This is a great conversation. So we are not done yet. We have a lot more to cover, and I want to introduce our audience to my husband. But also, we have to talk about your foundation, and you have a show as well that you um meet on so we still have a lot of information to cover so ladies and gentlemen don't go anywhere we are not done yet with miss kimberly hardy and javon cherry so don't <laughs> go anywhere we will take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back stay tuned <laughs> Hey guys, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? It's your man, Eric Zuli. I'm an international commercial uh, Axe body spray star. I've done films. I'm on Amazon Prime right now. And I built my own social network platform. We have 300 million people that we reach on our, on our network. And I'm a man of God. And I'm telling you right now, man, where do you need to be? Hmm. Oh yeah, that's right. Kiever's Place. You gotta go to Kiever's place. You gotta watch Kiever's place. You gotta hang out in Kiever's place. It's about Kiever. You, think of you hang out in Kiever's place. The easy way. Have you ever wanted someone to talk to but didn't know which way to turn? Have you ever needed advice in business and didn't know where to go? Well, at KLM Services Consulting and more, we can definitely be that for you. We're here to uplift, to encourage, and to coach you through difficult situations or decisions. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at KLM Services Consulting. KLM Services Consulting and more. We're here for you. And welcome back to Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and podcast. So if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Ms. Javon Cherry and Ms. Kimberly Hardy. And we're talking about um, living and surviving epilepsy. So we have discussed their upbringing with epilepsy. And later on in the program, we're going to talk to them both about their foundation, which is located in South Carolina. I'm so excited about that. So joining us, I have Mr. Cedric Murdaugh, Reverend Cedric Murdaugh, 
and he is also an epileptic survivor. So I'm going to introduce you all to him. He is my husband. I have been his caregiver for years, but not only that, I'm so excited because this man has, he is the epitome of strength. So are these other two women because to live with such an unpredictable disorder, it takes a lot of strength and courage. So I want to commend you all. But Cedric, I want to get your perspective from a man's perspective on how has has uh, living with epilepsy been for you because you bring something a little different. Javon and Kimberly, um, realized they had epilepsy as children, but you did not come to realize that until you were a young man. So tell us about that. Well, it's been really difficult at times. You know, if you would say leaving home and not knowing if you're going to return, having a family and having that burden put on them. But I was told, I mean, I remember having a really bad head injury when I was 11 years old. My head struck the concrete twice and I was literally knocked unconscious and it gave me a, a really bad concussion. But back then it was prayer was what the saints did. They took me to the hospital. They checked me and sent me back home. I went to sleep and woke up. I was a totally different person. But I mean, I was 27 years old and I mean, I suffered from migraines, you know, throughout high school and they kept getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, it literally hurt to breathe. And my family would pray for me, but I mean, as I progressed on, I can remember it's like one day, it's like all of a sudden I was, I was doing something, and you know, my I was with my roommate, and he was like, you know, you just started rocking back and forth, you were praying, and from then on, it's like it went down here. Yeah. And what took me so long to actually get the surgery? I mean, the first doctor we had, and I won't call his name, but he was writing a book and he wanted me to be the subject for their book. So it's like, okay, it, it won't be a guarantee that I'm gonna come through the surgery, but they just wanted somebody as a specimen. So we kept looking. And I mean, like my wife said, I mean, there have been many a times, many a testimonies that I have of how God kept me. And the next time that you're on the road, I'll say this much. If you have to drive any distance, I want you to pick out a distance that's let's say eight miles. Because I remember I was about to have one. And in my mind, I pulled off the road because I felt it coming. Mm -hmm. I knew it was coming. So I was getting off the road. When I came to, I was eight miles down the road during rush hour. I didn't hit nobody, but I ended up, God stopped the car up against the tree. It kept me from going in a ditch. That portal possibly killed me. Wow. Yeah, we have quite a few of those testimonies. <laughs> when I tell you a walking miracle, you're looking at a walking miracle. But wow. it's interesting to me because being a young man and like you said, newly married, didn't just finding out you are even epileptic at the age of 27. Like you are literally an adult that have challenges of a family but then on top of that now we are dealing with uh with a disorder so give your perspective on that as far as as being a man you know knowing that you have the burden of your family on your shoulders but on top of that you are still learning to deal 
with a newly diagnosed disorder. And that's what kept me going so long. I knew I had a family to take care of. That's why I never quit. I didn't tell anybody about it. It was somewhat hidden. My wife knew and my parents knew. And we went, you know, we went to one doctor and he's in Colombia. He diagnosed me. And then we went to another doctor. That's the one who wanted to do the surgery. And I wasn't satisfied with that. But I mean, being a man, you want to be that, how she said, a rock that your family can come to. You don't want to be that that burden. Yeah. And it took us over 20 years of praying and searching and different medications. And you ladies can can also attest to this because sometimes you can start on one medication and then it may work for a period of time and then, you know, your body get used to it or whatever. And then you're starting that cycle all over again. So what's your perspective as far as that? Um, sometimes it can be dreadful. I've been on medication since I was seven. So um, the medication has changed, but I've been on a lot of the seizure meds that are out now. So my medication has definitely changed. It changed, honestly, about a couple months ago, I got put on a new medication. Being on medication for a long time also affects the body. I have hives now because of some seizure medication that I've been on for about 10, 15, probably about 15 years. And I'm no longer on it, but I've had hives. And unfortunately, me well, for me, I am unable to have kids because of the some, some of the seizure meds that I've been on for so long. So like the seizure meds that I'm on right now have been better than what I was used to previously. But to me, medicine doesn't stop a seizure you know if a seizure is going to come it's going to happen well for me um i i've grown to not like medicine <laughs> um i was on a medicine for 15 years and um like javon i i can now not have children as well and it's it's I don't know, the medicines that have always caused something affecting my body in some way. And um, even from, I, I actually think it's the reason why we can't sleep sometimes because we have trouble, we both have trouble sleeping. I um, stopped taking my seizure medicines and started doing a CBD oil. I started going more holistic and I've had better success with that because after a certain time, I give myself maybe... A, nice six months and I start rejecting the medicine and that's with anything I take now it could be something um for I have a I have back problems so it could be pain meds or something like that and my body just says okay we, we've had enough of this on to the next <laughs> so I mean I'm I'm non-compliant when it comes to medicine I just got flushed up by my mom the other night because I, <laughs> I was uh, my back was hurting and I, I I wouldn't take anything until it was like really hurting but medications for me, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just from my experience as being on a, as a, as a child on these medicines for so long, still having seizures and doctors don't want to take you off of it because you went this long without a seizure, but then you started having them. So we're just going to leave you where they are. And now you're looking at me saying, oh, well, this is why you're going through this now. So 
Yeah. <laughs> you want to share something? Yeah, but I mean, it's important from my standpoint is to always read the brochures you give you. I mean, I appreciate your comments as far as you got to really look at those side effects. Because I remember at one point I was taking 14 pills a day, seven in the morning, seven at night. And the side effects, especially from Keppra and Nortriptyline, which is an antidepressant, I mean, that one had me on the edge. It didn't take much to really set me off because, I mean, just the side effects from the medicine. And I can agree with what y'all said. I mean, each one has a different effect as soon as you, as soon as I got used to one. It would work for a little while, and then I would have a breakthrough, and I would have another breakthrough. And from that point on, it's like, okay, we're going to have to change the medicine. We're going to have to add another one, which had even worse side effects than the first one. And his, when he had seizures, talking about clusters, like not five and six a day, he would have like 15, 20, to the point to where he he would say her, that his brain was literally hurting from just the number of just constant clusters of, of, you know, seizures. And that's why, you know, I really wanted to have this conversation because it's not too often you really hear about people share their stories about epilepsy, which brings me to my next point, your foundations. Tell me how the pair of, of you got together and tell us about your foundations. You wanna go, Jay? You can go. Okay. Well, I started I started Hardy Hands Foundation what will be four years in November. Um, when I met Javon I think I was in year two and we met at another um, foundation in Atlanta, um, an organization they have in Atlanta. That was the closest organization I found when I was looking for something myself when I was going through it. So um, we happened to get seated at the same table and just clicked from there. So a few late, few years later, she messaged me. She said, hey, Kim, I started um, my foundation and we just, we've been going ever since. Um, but the foundation for me is important because I want, I, w I don't want anybody to feel like we felt where we're alone and we can't talk about it. And, you know, just educate employers on, uh, no, people can work with this and you won't be liable. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's, I, that's that's my mission and goal is just basically to help those of us living with epilepsy and, and the caregivers and stuff like that. I love it. Now, your foundation, Kimberly, is in Orangeburg, correct? No, it's in Columbia. 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 Okay. Yeah. Party Hands Foundation in Columbia. Awesome. Um, okay. What about yours, Javon? Um, mine is Epitome of Epilepsy. We are based out of Charleston, South Carolina. And I think for me, the importance was I didn't want people, like Kimberly said, to feel how I felt growing up with epilepsy. But my other big thing is just talking about epilepsy in the Black community, making sure that we're present, making sure that we're educated, making sure that we're aware, and making sure that, especially being a woman with epilepsy, the side effects that you may get being a woman, medicine. I just feel like it's really, it's a lot of things under the epilepsy umbrella that needs to be spoke about. 
I love it. I love it. Wow. Anything else you wanted to um, add to the conversation, Mr. Murdoch? If we could back up just a minute, I heard y'all talking about auras. I remember one of my auras was a metallic taste. It's like you get a stick of gum and you it would be like the aluminum in your mouth. Mm, yeah. It would be like deja vu. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I know I've been to this place before, but that was a sign for me that the seizure was about to happen. Mm-hmm. But another reason I wasn't so let's say in a rush to actually get the surgery because my seizures sometimes were prophetic because I would see things when I would have my seizures and they would come to pass. That's that's also part of it as well. Mm-hmm. That's part mm-hmm. of it as well. Yeah, he struggled for years on deciding if he wanted to go that route as far as the brain surgery because like all of you have shared the medication or whatever route you decide to take it you know it's it's temporary like it's not a permanent um fix to you know having breakthrough seizures so and even after having the brain surgery he still has breakthroughs. It's not as often, but he still has breakthroughs. And then on top of that, he's still on seizure medications, right? So, I mean, I don't want people to go into having that operation thinking that's the end all be all. So my last, um, maybe last, before COVID got real bad, I was admitted into the hospital in Atlanta at Emory and they did all the testing and they approached me to have the surgery dealing with epilepsy for almost 40 years. I mean, it's like it to them, it seemed you should, you might as well go ahead and do this. I'm going to present it to you this way. But from my perspective, I just felt like if I've been dealing with it with this long without having any surgery, you know, if we got to change up the medication, I was just so afraid probably of the outcome for me. But I felt like too, at this point in my life, you know, if I have to just take the medicine and deal with it, and that's basically what I've been doing, I just didn't want to do it. I don't, and I think I didn't like the way they presented it to me. Like, if you don't, your, the rest of your life or your lifespan isn't going to be that great. But, you know, I always say God has me covered. So, hmm. yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's definitely not a decision you want to enter in lightly. Right. Um, like I said, for us, it did include it. It did improve our quality of life. Um, yeah. That was, but that was in our situation. And like he said, it took years, like over 20 to 25 years before we even got to that point to even decide to um, go through with the surgery. Um, But because his seizures was, I mean, it was so many of them Mm -hmm. to where I as of that point, it literally felt as if it was affecting quality. Right. Yeah. So I would just really advise anybody who is considerate, like I said, don't go in thinking it's the end of be all, 
because it's not, you may still never get off of anti-seizure medications. Even if it's a reduction in it, that may just be a part of your life or however you decide to um, handle your, you know, seizures. Um, but, you know, I just don't want to leave that impression on anybody that may be considering thinking, you know, once they get that, then they're done. That may be the case for some, but, you know, um, right. You know, so I don't want to leave, leave anybody wrong. Um, I want to pull up a couple of facts and then we're going to take another quick break. Um, but what I will say is know your triggers. If you know you have epilepsy, know what your triggers are. You really need to get familiar with what makes you tick. So lack of sleep, change in sleep habits, flickering or flashing lights, definitely stress. Um, missing medication, alcohol use, fever, or not feeling well. And this is brought to you from the Epilepsy Network. So definitely know your triggers and also some causes of epilepsy. Maybe having a stroke, brain tumor, brain infection, a traumatic brain injury, um, loss of oxygen to the brain for an extended period of time, um, certain genetic conditions, other neurological conditions, or alcoholism. So I just wanted to drop those facts. So definitely know what your triggers are and get comfortable with them because that can set you up for the best success possible in that situation. It's been a pleasure having you in our studio today, Mr. Murdoch. Any final words? Yes, can I ask you just a question? Sure. Well, if you were considering the surgery, did either one of you have what's called the WADA test, W-A-D-A? Is that the test? Pardon? I, I haven't had that one. What they do is they use a hair, hair size probe. They insert it in the vein in the groin area, run it all the way up to your brain, and they will numb each side of your brain to determine what function you would have after the surgery in that like the diseased area so that way you will have an idea of okay if they take this portion of my brain out then this is what the function i'll have left they did that to me to see if i would be able to identify simple objects and i knew what they were but at the time i couldn't say what they were so they figured okay after surgery he may have a speech impediment after surgery, he may be just a little bit slower. But that was just one of the tests that they did. Mm, okay. Wow. But what I will say, what they told me was, you know, as his caregiver, be prepared that he, he may look at a pen and not recognize it post-surgery. Um, he may not be able to find words. Um, he may be slower in speech but what i can say is that god is good because Amen. we didn't any of that this mm -hmm. man was out of surgery um knew exactly what everything was um had no problem speaking 
had no problem identifying because before, like I said, it took us years to even decide to have surgery, right? So listen, I'm a praying woman, right? And, I, and I know where my faith lies and I trust mm -hmm. it 110%. And when I say, Lord, I'm putting your life, putting his life in your hands, you know that we, and at the time, our kids were young, like 10 and five or seven or something. They were little. So I'm like, you know, you know what we what what we need. So I need you to bring him out on the other side of this surgery. Never mind what these surgeons and physicians is telling me that I got to deal with. No, ma'am, no, sir. Y'all going to do what y'all got to do. God's going to guide y'all hands so y'all don't make no mistakes. And guess what? He going to come out even better on the other side. And mm -hmm. I believe that. And listen, we we didn't have any of those problems. He's driving. He's working full time, doing well. You hear me? So that's I don't so know. Awesome. I tell you, that's so awesome. you have faith in God, and you you know who you serve. Go <laughs> and listen. Everything will be as it should be. Yes, God will Amen. make it out of nowhere. Amen. That's right. Always That's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, because you just gotta decide what what is best for you. Amen. So you know, and for us, once we you know, years of praying, and we felt like we had a great team. We had some some wonderful doctors. They that listened because that was my big thing. You're not just gonna tell us what you want to tell us. No. You're going to listen. And if you can't hear what we're saying, then you're not the team for us. If that's a good point. Yeah. That's what you have to do, though. That's really what you have to do. Can, yeah. can I say this too? For Hardy Hands Foundation and the epitome of epilepsy, God is the foundation of everything that goes on in that organization. Hardy Hands most definitely was birthed in my church. <laughs> because I was listening to my pastor's message and he spoke Cardi hands to me. So that is every bit of the foundation of why Hardy hands is in existence, why I'm doing what I'm doing, why he kept me here. Because I walked into my daughter's office and the daughter looked at um, her nurse and was like, I don't even know how she's still sitting here. And my first and only reaction was God's not finished with me yet. So that right. that is the foundation of Hardy Hands Foundation. And just to piggyback off of something um, Mr. Murdoch said, you know, it's not just men that feel like they've got, they may be a burden on or anything, because I feel like that all the time. I still live at home with my mom and, and just even telling my family, whether it's my aunt, my grandmother or something, I, I, a lot of times I used to keep how I was feeling to myself. I didn't feel good a lot of times. And sometimes I still don't, and I don't always share that. That's something I'm working on being communicating more. But that that feeling of burden, I think I think that goes goes along with it as well. So I just want you to know that yeah, it's it's not just a man thing. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Not at all. That's right, and you know it's really important to have a great support system. Um, 
from a caregiver's perspective, if you are a caregiver caring for anybody with not only going through epilepsy, but going through any disorder, make sure that you take time out for yourself too. You know, and that is something that I didn't do enough of um, because in the, in the scheme of things, you know, you are raising a family, dealing with, you know, a disorder, uh, learning about it together, really. Um, that's, that's just something that I wished back then I had done more of. But the thing about it is, just like we were talking about off camera, you go through certain situations not for you. Like your story is your story, but then again, it's not your story because I believe that we go through things so that we can teach the next person coming up behind us that's experiencing life just like you you were or you know similar to what you may be going through. So, you know, if I had to tell anybody if you are a caregiver make sure that you're taking time out for yourself too whether that's reading a book taking a walk taking a you know a long bath getting your feet your fingernails done your hair done whatever you need to do to make sure that you're good do that because if you don't you want to run yourself down raggedy and then you won't have anything to give to whoever you are taking care of. So make sure that you put yourself as a priority as well, because that's something that we as caregivers tend not to do is we take care of everybody else and yourself is the last priority, but it's so important. Make sure that you're good so you right. can have to give to somebody else. That's facts. Yes, Absolutely. I agree. Awesome. Well, we're going to take one more small break and we're going to come back and wrap up. It's been a pleasure having you. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you. All right. So amazing. So don't go anywhere, friends and family. We're going to come back and we're going to drop these ladies contact. Well, before we go, let's drop his contact information. If you want to get in contact with um, Mr. Murdoch and talk to him about his experiences with epilepsy, brain surgery, being a man with it, definitely reach out to him. You can email him at cedricmurdoch at yahoo.com. Again, that's cedricmurdoch at yahoo.com. All right. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. As soon as I find the commercial. <laughs> <laughs>
And welcome back to Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. If you're just joining us, we are talking about epilepsy with Javon Cherry, Miss Kimberly Hardy, and we just recently had Mr. Cedric Murdoch on air with us. And he has already requested, ladies, we need to do a part two because there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> He didn't have time to talk about, so we not created a monster child. He wants to do a part two, so, <laughs> so we will definitely reach out to you and bring you all back. I think he thoroughly enjoyed this. I just told him, we need that book, sir. We need that book. <laughs> but ladies, go ahead and let our audience know how to get in contact with you. Uh, you can reach me. Go ahead, Kimberly. No, you go first. Please go first. You can reach me on Instagram, Miss Cherry Bliss, on Facebook, my name, Jen Von Cherry, and my um, nonprofit, Epitome of Epilepsy, on Facebook as well. Um, we also have Purple Table Talk, and you can reach us on YouTube as well. Awesome. And that was something we did not talk about. So we need to hit on that too. Uh, Kimberly, you want to go ahead and, and drop your information? I had your okay. banner. Um, you can you can reach um, me from, um, we're on Facebook, Hardy Hands Foundation. And um, the IG is Hardy Hands underscore foundation. I think that's what it is. On uh, IG, sorry, I'm brain memory is a little scrambled right now. But um, you can also email me at hardyhands at gmail.com. And I'm going to put that in here. I had it already prepared, but must have deleted it somehow. But while I am dropping your information, Kimberly, go ahead and uh, tell them about your YouTube um, channel. Okay, we have a YouTube channel called Purple Table Talk with Kim and Jim Vaughn. And we just, we talk epilepsy. We talk different topics. We try to do it twice a month. On Saturday, on a Saturday at four o'clock, so we'll be live next Saturday, the twenty-fifth, with a special guest. We have guests on. Sometimes it's just us cutting up and stuff, but it's it's about an hour long sometimes. <laughs> and you know, we just like like now we just chat it up. This is a it's supposed to be a comfortable feel. We just want you to feel like you have you're at the table talking to your family or or something about a topic that can be serious and boring, but we try to make it interesting. I love it. I love it. And we did not get to talk about some myths. Mm. So, yeah. Part two. part two, follow up, part two. Okay. We're going to definitely make this happen before the end of our season. So we're going to uh, consider this part one. Okay. Part one. We're going to come back because there are still so much and there are a lot of myths you know surrounding epilepsy so i want to dispel some of those myths as well so we can't give facts and not talk about the myths too so so ladies and gentlemen i think we are down for part two so make sure you are to the table y'all come to the table that we're missing. Yes, we would love to come. <laughs> a really good idea. Really good. Definitely, definitely. So we will um exchange contact information mm -hmm. and find out what your next availability is, and we will definitely be there 
but I also want want to bring you back for part two as well. All right, we're down. <laughs> also, I have enjoyed talking to you both. You are amazing, and you're welcome back to Kiva's Place. Matter of fact, we're going to definitely have you back at Kiva's Place, the Kiva Murdoch Show and Podcast. So anytime you have graced our stage, you are considered family. So anything we can do to support you, let us know. Thank you. Thank oh, you yeah. so much. So we're glad if you, everybody comes out to the walk in November. Is that again? November? Yes. Where is November. that going to be? November 6th um, at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. What did we say, Javon? Uh, Who? <laughs> 9 o'clock. Okay, so 9 o'clock, November the 6th. We will be having the very first um, warrior, a purple warrior walk for epilepsy in Columbia, South Carolina. So come out, join us. We'll be putting the information out on um, our social media pages. So be on the lookout for that. I love that. And for those of you who don't know, November is technically epilepsy month. So I yes. think that that is so fitting. So definitely share um, when you drop that so that we can also put it up on our platforms as well. So yeah, definitely reach out to them um, for their epilepsy, the Purple Warrior Walk, November the 6th, 9 a.m. in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm so excited. We have foundations here locally for <laughs> us, by us. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Where y'all been 25 years ago? Lord have mercy. <laughs> but nevertheless, a delay is not a denial, honey. I'm a firm believer. <laughs> All right. So any final words, I will um, give you all the floor for any final words. So Javon Cherry, you can go first. Uh, I think my final word would be to be fearless. Um, I think having epilepsy doesn't mean that you stop living. I'm, it, to me, it means your life is just beginning because I may not be, I'm not like everyone else. I call my epilepsy sometimes my superhero, my superpower. So I feel special that God blessed me with this. And now I have the honor of sharing my story. And I guess mine would be, um, you're not alone ever. You know, God gives us tests and storms to go through to have a testimony and be able to um, share with everybody. And like I said earlier, God makes a way. Um, every day we're walking here on earth is a reason for it. So just know that we're all warriors in this. Whether you, you're battling cancer, diabetes, hypertension, whatever, or just living life. You don't have anything wrong with you. Bless you. <laughs> but just just know that we're all warriors and we're here. To, you have to support each other through, through it all. Like God supports us. Amazing. Amazing. Well, like I said, ladies, you all are welcome back anytime. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to connect with me, you can reach me on Linktree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Kiva Murdoch. All of my confirmation is right there. You can also find me all over social media, Kiva Learnies Murdoch. And if you would like to be a guest on our show, reach out to us 
at tinyurl.com forward slash Kiever's Place Booking, or you can simply visit our website at keversplace.weebly.com. So I hope you've enjoyed this broadcast. Thank you so much for watching. We look forward to having you back. Join us next Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we do it all over again. So until next time, family, y'all take care, be safe, and don't forget to share, connect, and glow because building your network also builds your network. So peace and blessings to you. Thank you and good night. Nice. Thank you for watching Kiever's Place, the Kiever Murdoch Show and Podcast. Tune in every Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Kiever's Place. To be a guest on our show, text the word guest to 803-368-3030 or visit us at tinyurl.com slash Kiever's Place book. And watch us on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire as we're broadcasting in more than 60 million homes worldwide.